Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined with today... Slewis. Happy Easter, everybody. Guys, happy Easter. How's everybody doing today? Enjoying, man. It's nice weather outside. I don't know how it is in Cali. Oh, but, it's very uh, sunny in Cali right now. <laughs> it's, it's always sunny over there, man. Of course. Well, <laughs> we, finally, we finally got some yeah, good weather. Right now. How was how your nap last week? You left us last week. Uh, actually, it wasn't quite a nap. Um, so let everyone know what happened. So yeah, basically there was a there was a power outage that took out all the power on our street, and um, actually took out the power on half of our pier too. So like every like business that was on the pier like had to like shut down and like couldn't do anything for like four or five hours. Wow. But there was a- there was actually one place that was still open, and we all <laughs> sought refuge to like at least watch TV there. Oh, at least it wasn't a full boring afternoon. Yeah, there was one bar, and it's like actually like, this bar is like not bad, but it's like not that popular. So like they were very overwhelmed by the amount of people that were there. Was it the lighthouse? No, it wasn't lighthouse. No, no I would I would stay home in the dark and go left. Oh, uh, that that's not nice. Shout out to the lighthouse. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> last before we get started on today's agenda, last week we talked about our ten top ten favorite films of all time. I gave mine. Lewis gave his. Do you want to run down yours real quick? Yeah, let's go through Gaius's list. All right, all right, all right. So this is just like our top ten like favorite. Like they haven't been like great yeah. They don't have to be cinematic but, masterpieces, but you know so, whatever you love. But like you know, so at number ten, I actually had Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly uh, Wait, not bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's fun. I love. I love a good team movie, and anything released in the late nineties is. That was. Cool. It's right. funny because that was the that was around the time that was American Pie, um, right? She's all that and all that. And Carly really, Wade didn't even do well in theaters when it came out. It didn't do. It didn't catch on until like it came out on DVD and stuff. Right? And that's crazy because that was Jennifer Love Hewitt, right? That was her. her and at her she peak. was like exactly <laughs> what exactly what what I was gonna say. She was at her peak, and to think that all these movies were making money, but that one didn't. It was fun yeah, though. Like, I know, and like, it kind of came out during that whole teen movie craze too. Like you thought you would have thought that it would have done really well. It just did not. And it's not just her too. Like Seth Green and like a bunch of people in that movie were kind of big back then. And I don't, not sure why it didn't hit. I guess it came I, out. I'm guessing it was the over, overabundance of those movies at that time. It was like back to back to back maybe. That's too many. Yeah, I guess. What's your What's your number nine? Uh, number nine, I actually have the town. Oh, the oh. Action. I can rewatch that over and over again, and like actually, I, I like it more and more every time I watch it. And it's it's crazy that the guy that directed that directed Live by Night, isn't that like night and day? Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, I can forgive like one because like I actually didn't think Live by Night was horrible. Okay, like I I still think stylistically it was like pretty good. Like there's some stuff that he did that was great. Uh, but I mean, he's allowed. I guess one misstep i mean he's only he's i mean he directed argo and gone baby gone and the town and like all those were good yeah so i'm with you on that he can be forgiven one little like you know and hopefully he doesn't do it again it's not a bad choice for number nine what's your what's your eight so number eight uh another team movie i have 10 things i hate about you i love 10 things i hate about you uh i actually just watched that last week with my friends and we actually still quote 10 things i hate about you in our everyday life like it's, we uh, we can actually have dialogue with each other that like is directly lifted from that movie. Was that two thousand or two thousand one? I think it's like nine. Actually, I think it's like ninety nine. Oh really? Because I remember the secret world that Alex Mack girl was in that movie. Oh, you know what? Whatever whatever year it came out, it came out it came out the same weekend as The Matrix. Oh, so that, whatever it came out. So maybe ninety eight, uh, ninety eight, uh, ninety nine. I'm not sure which can, year exactly. Like looking. 
I mean, we have 2020 hindsight now. Can you watch that movie and look at Heath and be like, damn, that's going to be the Joker? No, not at all. <laughs> like, to think how yeah, far no. he I mean, he, I think he's but, fine in it, but the guy is so – he became such a diverse and great actor before well, he passed. Well, too, like what I give him credit for is that I guess he got offered – after that movie, he got offered similar roles to that. And he didn't want to do them because he was like, you know, I already did that, and I don't want to really do it again. I want to do other stuff. So that's he was very, I guess, picky about the things that he did post and things I hate about you. And that was good for him. It helped him in the in the you know, as long as his career went on. Yeah, definitely did. What's hopefully, next? Um, before we get into that, hopefully they'll get into that in the documentary that's coming out. With- yes, it uh, comes out. Yeah. Next, it comes out next week at Tribeca. We'll be covering Tribeca, but I we're still trying to get tickets for the Heath Ledger documentary, but definitely be covering Tribeca next week. I feel like a lot of girls are going to cry watching that. <laughs> a lot of girls, a lot of boys, I everyone's going to cry. Well, no, I put that on my, like, G-Rolls page, and, like, I was getting texts from my friends. They were like, I had no idea this was coming out. Like, I don't know if I could watch it. It's, it still <laughs> feels so fresh. <laughs> like, like uh, do, you, do you think they're going to let everyone know that the Tanner twins killed Heath Ledger? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're not going to open that can of worms? I'm, I'm not going to open that can of worms. <laughs> about that little conspiracy theory. yeah i love my conspiracy theories uh what's next up on your list all right we at uh, number seven Hold on. Uh, i got the uh born supremacy which i can actually watch over and yes, over again the best one out of the best one out of actually, the f- it's the best one out of all of them out I think. five yeah uh i actually enjoy watching all of them but like that one i can actually rewatch the most poor jeremy yeah. render right uh, I mean, like, it's not like the Born Legacy is bad. <laughs> it just wasn't, you know, just Co- wasn't meant to be. Quick confession: I've actually, <laughs> I, I've actually never seen any Born movie. Oh, you were missing out. They're so good. I can I can watch them when I want. Is that I actually like the Born Ultimatum a lot. Um, and I don't know why I don't quite get the whole like rewatch value from it, but it's also good. But the I Born Supremacy, I can watch. It I think that's a, over and over. That's again. a solid three. They had a solid three movies. I, Jason Bourne was fine. It wasn't anything great, but if I would give it a shot, it's it's pretty. Yeah, I didn't like. I've, I've been Bourne. meaning to watch them. <laughs> What's next up? Uh, next up is uh, I have the Lost Boys. Oh, uh, Sh- I actually grew up on the Lost Boys. <laughs> Sh- Schumacher before the nipples. Yeah, Schumacher when he was great. Uh, loved, I love. Uh, I love the Lost Boys. And actually, you know, I, uh, the Lost Boys, I don't know if Joss Whedon was, like, inspired by that at all, but, like, you, there's certain things on Buffy that feel very similar to what Joel Schumacher was at least trying to do with the Lost Boys. Like, just making, like, taking something that's very old and trying to make it hip and new and fresh. Like, like I, I don't know, I, that's what I dug about it, though. And I love the style. Like, it's, it's shot really well. Like, it's a really good-looking movie. And, you and ha- it's fun from, like, start to finish, like. From and, beginning to end, it's fine. and you kind of don't see that. Did you see that villain coming at the end, or is that one of those things uh, that you're well, like? Well, no, I didn't see it coming because you know they went through the whole test, and I didn't even think about it like they do. Like they didn't think about you know when you invite a vampire into your house. Yeah, so <laughs> like, it renders you powerless. I had no idea, so I know. Like I didn't expect. It's that uh, it's it's in my top ten for best horror films of all time. That's for sure. It like that, and that cast is awesome. Like the whole cast. Like I never thought you can watch something with like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman and just be like. This is all really great. You guys are all awesome in this movie. Uh, Corey Feldman was killing the eighties. He killed the eighties. Like yeah. the he's uh, Stand by Me. It was Goonies, Stand by Me, <laughs> Friday the th- Friday the Thirteenth, Bar Four, and then this. Like ridiculous! How good he is. All right, what, you going into your top five right now, right? Uh, I believe so. So I actually have Grindhouse. 
Oh, oh, oh nice. Okay. Both. I actually like both of them. I love Planet Terror and I love Death Proof. So I, you know, but they're supposed to be one thing. So I'm going to keep them one thing. I hate. I'm. I don't like Death Proof. I like the other one. Yeah, you're. Uh, you. I know a few people that don't like Death Proof. I like it. I mean, I because I love Quentin Tarantino dialogue, and I know it's like that's a very dialogue heavy. The concept, I, I, and I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe it's something that I should rehash and watch again. Watch again. The um, I did, I wasn't too into it the first time, and the, but the concept was so crazy. I was so into the concept, and when I saw it, I was a little eh, meh. Uh, it's so, oh man, like I, I I love Kurt Russell too. Kurt Russell is awesome in that movie too. Can we agree that Kurt Russell's best horror film is the thing, or are we gonna say? Do we disagree on that? I will say it no. Is. We can we can agree on that. Yeah, it's awesome. Just, awesome. Uh, also, another movie that didn't do well when it came out, but found. Oh life yeah, I love the thing. It's like considered John Carpenter's second best movie. Yeah, I don't think I think number one <laughs> doesn't get touched by many. <laughs> no, no, it's hard. It's hard, but you know, like, I, but I appreciate all his other movies. Like, I love The Fog. I think that's great too. And, like, he's one fog. of those people, that, and he's one of those people too that kind of like I didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And I'm like, but it's so good, man. And it's, uh, there's a Carpenter movie that I bought a few months ago. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. It's Christine. Have you seen that? Oh, the Killer Car movie? Yeah. yeah. I've seen it. It's good? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Awesome. It's okay. not as good as, like, it's not, like, his best, but it's it's good. All right. Let's round it out and let us know that The Godfather is on that list. <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet. Uh, I, got Donnie Dar- <laughs> I got Donnie Darko. You know there's so many people I know that have not seen Donnie Darko. I know a couple, too, and... That's probably my first disagreement with you. I, I really didn't like that movie. Oh my god, Donnie Darko's so good. So I, when I was in film school, there were there were a group of people that hated that movie, and they would always challenge us. The people that liked it, they were like, you know what? I think it's just so confusing, and like you don't quite understand it, and that's why you like it. <laughs> like they're like, there's like it doesn't make any sense, and maybe that's why you love it so much because you think it's like so original and like so deep. And I'm like, no, man, I actually prefer. Like the way the original cut that we got, like I don't really like the director's cut that kind of explains every little thing. Without, in the movie. without giving any spoilers, definitely don't want to talk like the end of the movie. But do you get it? Like, do you like how everything? You know. Oh yeah, I, I love how everything. Yeah, works. same. Yeah, same here. Like right. I, yeah, and I really, I, and I really didn't need. Like, I know the director's cut is good for some people because, like, they were like, oh, like help me fill in the blanks of the things I didn't understand, and like I guess that's fine for them. And you know but what I, 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 I what I really loved about it is the the music in the movie were, was fantastic. Oh yeah, music's great. The score is great. Like yeah, everything everything the, about that is songs were great too. Like it's yeah. All right, what's next up for you? Uh next up, I'm sorry, it's still not The Godfather. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I got 7. Dave's oh, you love Fincher. Tom- Dave's turning tomato red right now. I love David Fincher and 7 is still my favorite David Fincher movie. It's a great movie. I'll give you that one. Was I love yeah. the ending of that movie was so good. Still get goosebumps. Absolutely. Yep. In the like, end, it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies that you, you really don't think about, but the bad guy wins. He he eventually gets yeah. Brad Pitt to yeah, do what he wants it. him to do. That's what he wanted. Yeah, he got exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I can watch the ending of that movie and still, it's like I'm seeing it for the first time. Yeah, it's, like I I like will sit down next to friends. Like, can you believe this is happening right now? Like, 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 like I've seen it before. I know, but. It's one of those movies yeah. that, like, you know, you obviously know how it's going to end, but every time you watch it, you hope for something else to happen. Like, like, right. does he really d- don't let him, you know, don't let him succumb to what ca- to what space he wants? 
And the John interesting Doe thing too about like the Brad Pitt character in that movie is like he's kind of an asshole and like not really likable. So the fact that he gets to a point at the end where you can feel sorry for him, like says a lot about like what I mean. I know it's not like a hard part for Brad Pitt to play like back then, but like it like he's so unlikable throughout the whole movie, most of the movie, he's just like a cocky asshole. And then like in that moment, you kind of like forget about all that and you really feel bad for him. That's true. And we're you're you're at your top two now, right? I'm gonna talk to you. So I know you're. I I can. I'm gonna take a guess from the cup from the year now that we've known each other, and I'm going to guess that your top two is Titanic <laughs> and Avatar. And Avatar, yeah. Okay. Those are your top James two. Cameron I've been out holding out this whole time and like secretly hating it because really, you really love Titanic. Love Titanic. It's the best movie ever made. <laughs> no. Listen to to uh, some. No. It's to some. It's Leo's best performance, right? To some, who, who who would say that? No, I don't think I don't know anyone that would say that. Even people that love that movie just did tell, they say that? No, <laughs> she would never say that. I hope not. No, Le- not. Leo, Leo, that's one of like that's the one I when that's the first time I said, "Oh, this kid is overrated." <laughs> no, it was it was that one-two punch of Romeo and Juliet and Titanic coming out back to back. I like year. Romeo and Juliet <laughs> though. I actually do. I thought, like yeah, Romeo I thought and he did Juliet. a better job in that movie. It took a while for me to like Romeo and Juliet. I used to hate it, and I had to like rewatch it a lot. With like, like my friend was like, "No, just rewatch it." I know, like when you were younger, you probably didn't quite get what they were trying to do, and I was like, "All right, whatever." And like, it took a while, but I do like it now. And Leo but loves I, to die in his movies. I, that's that's a trend that I got from these two. No, true. Yeah, he likes dying and make girls everywhere cry for him. So yeah, girls love crying over Leo, and then. You know, Titanic always, and I don't know why we're getting into a, tit- into a Titanic conversation, but I, you know, I can't get over that ending of Titanic. I tried to lie and say it was my favorite movie. Yeah, <laughs> but just for the uh, record, there was enough room on that plank. Or I knew, door, I think MythBusters did an episode yeah. last season about it, and they confirmed that could've like they could have put like ninety-two people on that <laughs> damn door. And then James Cameron debunked them and said, "Like that's not how it was written." So that's no, <laughs> only one. All, all right, James. But in reality, why didn't they like switch off? I mean, I guess that wouldn't help. But like, I don't know. Like, why do you have to just chill in the water the entire time? I'm. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) If you switch off, you're 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 staying warm because you're moving your body all over and all that and the fun stuff. And like, weren't they in a ocean full of debris? Like, he couldn't just grab another like another door. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure there were plenty of doors by by that time. (laughs) Like a whole ship yeah, sank. No, talk to any talk to any girl that loves that movie, and they always like, oh no, like he did that because he cared about her and didn't like didn't want her to suffer. And I was like, they barely knew each other, like they didn't even know each other that long. <laughs> That's true. They know each other for like what a week. A week, yeah, if that. Yeah. Let's talk about how awful Rosie is. She cheated on her husband. <laughs> and the worst, <laughs> the most like the the weirdest sexual positions in film history <laughs> were in Titanic. Like the yeah. way they started off, and then the hand. On the door, on the yeah. glass. No, man, that's not how it happens. That's not how it happens. Oh, you know, done that. Little girls have wondered that are now women are probably like, we never got to this point. We you never you, got you the gotta, rose. You gotta, try, you gotta try that door on the, on nah, the, no on the windshield. Absolutely not. It's so change your world. To the def- I don't hate Titanic. Not to get that out there, I'm one of those that likes the movie, but it's one of those that I love. La Confidential. So the fact that Titanic swept everything that year. And Any LA Confident- that year, I would have been okay if it won. Like Google Honey came out that year, I would have been like, I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine with like everything, anything else. <laughs> anything oh, so else you that's picture. But <laughs> if you had to pick one, LA Confidential or, or Goodwill Hunting, I'm more. On- uh, I like Goodwill Hunting a little bit more, but I, it's only because I, 
I think just because of just history, just like you know, just knowing how they how long it took them to write it and get it made. There's like there's like the, all the behind the scenes stuff makes me like Google hunting it, it a remi- lot more. Than I probably should. It rem- <laughs> last last note on Titanic. Like it reminds me of this year's Oscars when the better better movie didn't win. But anyways, what's your top two? <laughs> top two. Okay, my real top two. Yeah. At number two, I have Goodfellas. Oh, I love Goodfellas. Not, yes. Sorry, I mean like. I'm gonna let you know now. The Godfather's not on the list at all. <gasps> but, like, I love Holy Goodfellas. shit! <laughs> but I like Goodfellas a lot. We actually went to. Um, they do like a rooftop cinema thing in Hollywood, and uh, they screened Goodfellas there like a month ago, and we all went to go see it. And it was so much fun. Like you just sit on the rooftop and you like, all have headphones on. And you're just watching it projected on the screen. Everyone was like quoting it before like lines would come up. It was I know, everyone clearly like loves that movie, and I love it a lot too. What, you can watch what, it over and over what's again. What's so funny? Am I, am I a funny guy? That's that scene plays well every time. <laughs> and Joe Pesci, and like just Joe Pesci before, and you know he started doing you know the Joe Pesci thing. Like I know you guys talked a little bit about Casino. Yeah. Like you know, like at least like in Goodfellas, this was like Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci being off the wall, and like and it was original then; it was new, and it you know it felt fresh, and you know it wasn't just him like. And it wasn't like a kind of like a running gag, like oh, this is Joe Pesci being Joe Pesci. Yeah, that's true. And then and let's let's round it out. What is your one. number one favorite film of all time? Number one, Halloween. Okay, no, you're not, not no no this. I missed that. One. What, what was it? Halloween. Halloween. Okay. Halloween, the remake, right? The Rob Zombie one. Yeah, the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, and I actually honorable mention to that sequel that he made to that remake. That, too, the great, great really movies. Awesome. Are you telling also, me? Awesome. You telling me you like the Rob Zombie one more than H two O? H two O has to be the best Halloween ever made. H two O is actually not bad. H two O is not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> the I, problem with H two O is that it's it came out like during the whole like kind of late nineties horror thing, and it kind of copies that too much. And it doesn't a Halloween to, movie to this day, I don't. I mean, this movie's twenty. It's twenty years old next year. Next year. And why did it not use the Halloween score? Well, do you have that? Um, do you have that? Box I have the set? box set. Yeah, and I mean, I understand it, what it I understand. About it. Like, I understand what they're trying to do, but to me, it's like, don't if it ain't broke, you know, don't try to fix it. Exactly. Well, here's the thing: the score that he that they because they played some of it, it, it wasn't like some of the stuff that he was doing didn't seem to fit. Not at all. Back- it didn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> So I can I kind of can get why they would want to switch it out. I don't know why they would switch it out with just random snippets of score from like Scream. Yes. <laughs> but like you know I I don't I don't get that. But like I kind of do get that what he was doing just wasn't. It was very like very like grand and kind of big. Yeah, for a what, little too big for what it's trying to do. As opposed to like to to everyone's listening, we are we are joking. Uh, guys, is number one is Halloween the original. 78, yes. As opposed, <laughs> as opposed to that score, which is one of the greatest scores of all time. Yes. It's simplistic, like completely simple, but so effective. Like, I, I said last week, I don't know if you feel the same. The ending of that movie is brilliant. As in, oh, yeah, how you kind of like it plays the, the ending, the, you, the score at the end, and you kind of go from like everywhere you've been. And the best part about it is it's not just a score, it's the fact that you hear his breathing in every single part that he's every single and it, location like, it like increases in. with every like like every time they switch like locations it kind of gets louder and louder and louder until we get to the myers house and then it cuts to and it cuts to credits oh brilliant yeah, and it's Absolutely so simple brilliant. too like it's just a simple idea because like he was john carpenter said he did that because he was like i wanted to show that like evil is like everywhere and like that's why he ended it that way like it's still out there you can't 
kill evil. Like, evil's gonna be around no matter, you know, who it is. Like, I'm just using him as, like, a vessel for evil, but, like, evil is everywhere, and you can't get rid of it. No. So that's kind of what he wanted that the ending to kind of represent. And he, and he did it. It holds well to this day. Like, I, I always hear The Exorcist being the best horror movie of all time, but I don't think it had lights a candle to to Halloween. And it's I think it's in my, no, the exorcist is in my top three, but I think there's just a difference, a, a little disparity between one and two and three when it comes to like horror movies. I just think Halloween, right. it's not just a slasher movie. I think it's, it goes on what you were saying. It's trying to show that evil is everywhere and it, and it's not just in Michael Myers. It's in and the fact that there's no justification for do for what he's doing. What he's doing. Yeah, like every, it's just you know it, that's what sucks about. I mean, I guess it sucks about the sequels. I mean, I guess they have to try to give an explanation if they're going to keep making movies. But like, you know, and like Halloween too, when you learn why he's doing it, like it's it's just not as like it's like oh well, he has like sister issues. I guess <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what Carpenter said that he was really drunk when he wrote that script. And he was yeah, like, yeah, he didn't know how to, they wanted. Yeah, they really wanted another one, and he was like, I don't have an idea for another one. <laughs> like, there wasn't supposed to be another one. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll take it. As, I still like two. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for the for the whole franchise. Even like the one that I really I always skip. I try to watch every single one every Halloween, and the one that I always skip is uh, Resurrection because that movie's garbage. <laughs> it's just terrible. What's Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm good. And the one, before, last last uh, comment on Halloween. Everyone besides Laurie showed really isn't likable. <laughs> so you're like, go Michael, because like no one is likable <laughs> in that movie besides Laurie Strode. Well, Annie's not unlikable. <laughs> she and, tries to get her. She tries to get, she sets her up on a date. She tries to. Oh, with uh, <laughs> there. See, uh, ben Tramer. <laughs> would that? Would you call that the first real? small continuity continuation in Halloween 2 when Ben Tramer gets destroyed by that cop car. I'm like, (laughs) like, as a kid, obviously, I didn't know that was Ben Tramer. I wasn't paying attention. I was just watching a movie. But now as a grown man, I'm watching these movies. I'm like, that's not a continuation, a a continuity issue that I don't think anyone would care about. But the fact that they included it in it, I was like, all right, that's that's pretty dope. Let's, let's do a callback to Ben Tramer, that guy that gets mentioned poor, like twice. Poor, <laughs> poor Ben, poor yeah, Ben. He sure. he went from like having a date with Jamie Lee Curtis to just getting destroyed by a cop car into right. another truck. Poor guy. Like that's like a really bad two hours. Yeah, if we're talking about unlikable though, like I guess Linda out of the Friends is the most unlikable. The irony she- is, I met I met PJ Souls, that's who played Linda's, and she's a sweetheart. She's actually really nice. I've actually heard that she is a sweetheart, and like, but it's so funny. Like back then, she was just known for paying roles. Like, she, like she liked that in Carrie. Well, she played the bitch because <laughs> she played the bitch in Carrie, and then she played not the bitch in Halloween, but like the one that you didn't care. Like she didn't care about anything. I mean, she's going to someone else's house. It's not even her house. Like that Annie's babysitting at. And then they realize that Annie's not there, and they're like, "All right, whatever. We're still gonna have sex in their parents' bedroom." That's that's the crazy thing. They didn't just have sex on the couch. They're like, "No, nah, we're going yeah, to your parents' to bedroom, and we're gonna have sex in that." Oh no, Linda, Lindsay, oh Linda, Linda, not Lindsay. Oh, oh poor Lindsay. Poor Lindsay. But well, um, she grew up. She grew up to be Kyle Richards, so good for her. <laughs> oh, there you go. She's so very rich now. Very rich on TV. That's your top ten. That's guys' top ten. I'm um thank you for thank you for giving us your top 10. Now moving on to this week, we're going to cover two main topics and then we'll get to our main debate for this week, but for these topics. This this first one might 
have difference of opinions. The Fate of the Furious released this week, yes. and it finished number one as expected. And uh, it should not not making what everyone. I think you predict. What did you predict? One ten. I predicted one twenty. One twenty. So it only made a hundred million. So a little bit disappointing for them, but only made a hundred million. <laughs> only I know nowadays only a hundred million might yeah, be. We might get one less car stunt in, in the next one. Um. So. I've been very, very vocal about how I feel about this franchise. I love the first movie. It's fun. It's hokey. It's a little campy at times. Dialogue is not great, but it's I, I have a good time with it. I am under the mindset that some action movies should have these stunts that are over the top, that are ridiculous, that would never happen in real life. This isn't one of them. And <laughs> I went into this movie and I'm watching and I'm like, all right, so far it's not that bad. Like in terms of like there's ridiculousness and then there's what happens towards the end of the movie. What I hope for a segment to me didn't make any sense, but we'll get into that. What the, the cute, we Q might, we might dive no in. If you want to skip fast forward a little bit, we are getting into spoiler territory here. So you can skip if you want. Um, I like, being Cuban, it feels really nice to see Cuba on the big screen, and it looked gorgeous. Was that? But the, was yeah, it, it, it was shot really well. No, no, they were not. Rep- those are not real Cubans. <laughs> those are definitely not real Cubans. <laughs> no, bro. not at all. But the city and the country looked gorgeous. Havana yeah. looked gorgeous. Yeah, great place. So that's fine. Who care? I, I'm, I when I first saw the trailer, and I think I told you, G, this movie's gonna end with this with this premise. It's gonna be. Vin Diesel's going to turn, and eventually he's going to turn back. And I saw the movie through a trailer. There was no... I hated the first twist, and we're in spoiler territory, the one about the kid. I hated that spoiler. I hated that twist, I mean. I thought it was terrible. I I was expecting... I don't know why I I was expecting something bigger. I guess there's nothing bigger than the kid. To me, I thought it was was going to be his sister. I thought it was going to be his sister. I thought it was going to be his sister and uh, Brian's kid, yeah. Instead of his own kid. Great to get Mia back in there. Poor Jordana Brewster is probably never going to get to come back and make these movies. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it was it was fine. I didn't like that. I don't like Vin Diesel. He was pretty. I think we spoke about this on on our own yesterday. And Lou, you can definitely chime in on this. I think Vin Diesel missed Paul Walker so much in this movie. Oh, he definitely did. Because yeah, you can tell. There's like a definite. There was a definite like shift in like just how he even played the part. Like he, you feel like he just needs someone to kind of bounce off of and yeah have that i mean i guess he had letty but like there's not it's different yeah it's not not. he didn't have that like go-to like guy in the movie to kind of do i kind of wonder if like him and if him and the rock got along (laughs) if that would have been the case (laughs) they're not on screen like ever i don't know if you ever they don't notice that that. Yeah, The Rock and Vin are not on the, screen the at Rock all throughout Jason the movie. Jason Statham were besties on the fucking movie, though. And, yeah, apparently rumor has it that, like, Jason Statham and The Rock performed so well together they that did. when they were screening it for, like, they were talking about what scenes they should cut, like, Vin Diesel did not like some of their stuff together because, you know, everyone responded really well to it. And he's kind of like, uh, well, we should get rid of this, we should get rid of that. Am, I, and, like, am I the only one that thinks that this franchise is becoming more of a rock franchise than yeah, Vin Diesel? And I think Vin Diesel's becoming so salty about it that he's like, nah, man, fuck The Rock. He, he's not that good. You know, it's his fault that he's even there. <laughs> I mean, like, he he asked his fans on Facebook, like, who do you want me to, like, kind of, like, go toe-to-toe with in a, in a Fast and the Furious movie? And they were all like, The Rock. 
And so he offered the role to him for Fast Five, and that's how he got in it. And I, mean, I, don't, if he, I don't know if he, like, knew that, like, The Rock was going to become such a, like, kind of behemoth in the industry. And that, that's when Vin found out he fucked up. And as yeah. a and as a wrestling fan, I knew that charisma was always there. So to see it come out now on the big screen and all in all the movies he makes, I I really he doesn't make all great movies, and we all know that. But I really like everything that he does because he's so damn entertaining. He's still bringing what he brought to the ring for six seven years. Now he brings it on the big screen. That charisma is there every time. That dude is coming to work every damn movie he's in. Now I love I love the movie. I love the action. I love the comedy. Woof. When we talk about these. These major plot holes in the movie. Well, I want to talk. I want to talk about before we get to the plot holes. What I was saying before, like the top of the ridiculousness, is Jason Statham holding a goddamn baby and just killing. That was a cute scene. That what was cute about that? Can that really happen? Will that really happen in real life? That that baby. That baby would have been. That baby would have been dead. And we don't need. And we don't need anything cute. (laughs) We don't need anything cute in those movies. I could take the damn submarine coming out of the ground like that. Was, but how did he survive through that? I could take the rock just like, you know, patting a, a what is that, a nuke? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He shoved a <laughs> torpedo. With his hand. shoved a torpedo with just his hand. Just shoves it with his hand. <laughs> sure. that way. Sure, it's the rock. He's like Hollywood Superman right now. But, nah, man. <laughs> and then you, you try to make it better by showing cue shots of the baby. Nah, like. Made, uh, it, made, it, made it better for me. So. I that was my over the top moment that I was like, oh here we go, and here we go. Here is some continuity issues that yes. you, I don't know if you saw the same ones that I did. I, there's a lot of continuity issues. Okay, there. here's my number one. At the end of the movie, they named the baby Brian. Yeah. Why are they acting like Brian's dead? Okay, here's my here's mine because it goes with yours. They should have killed Brian because if you think about it. His character is still alive. Vin Diesel just found out he had a son. This is the first time he's seeing his son. Where the fuck is Brian? It's not like they're going on a mission. Yeah, they're home. They're Where just the chilling. fuck is Brian? All right, all right. I'm going to chime in real quick. It would have been in poor taste to kill Brian. <laughs> you can't do that. No, you, it, uh, no it, I mean, yeah, like, it, just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be a good look if they killed Brian. Just based on what happened with Paul Walker in real life, it just wouldn't. I don't think people would have responded well to no, you, uh, killing uh, I'm with you on that, but with everything going on with the CG and all that stuff, my, why not? You know, like a quick or even a backdrop. All you got to see is the back of his head. You don't even need to well, see. Some people have like said they should have used his brother again, like they like they did when they how they finished. Yeah, with seven. seven. Should have on uh, them, man. You know, but I don't know. I mean, like clearly Brian's retired and having a good time with his family and doesn't want to be involved in anything. <laughs> Definitely, so, apparently not. Uh, another one I had is that. Who does Vin Diesel put in charge of bringing him his son and rescuing him and, and bringing him to his New York yes, apartment? that's my other big issue. The guy that killed one of his closest He boys. killed Han and blew up his house. But now nah, we're going to be Biffles now. And I'm like, and we're not going to. Holy gonna, shit. And I'm like, I understand you want to, like, Jason Statham's great and he's really funny because well, he's well, really funny. and spo- old, though. They want to kind of, like, you know, be able to use him again. They try to explain. <laughs> I mean, the actor. Like, yeah, they try to explain yeah, the way that. They, no, go ahead, go ahead. I had issues with that too. I mean, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, didn't he kill Han? And it's like, and didn't he blow up your house? <laughs> yeah. Did he almost kill you, your sister, and Brian? He tried, but to, no. kill, he tried to kill everybody. <laughs> but now nah, let's have di- let's have dinner. <laughs> let's have dinner. Bring me my kid. Now, it's like, and you got to say grace first. Is it redemption enough that he saves his kid though? Nah. Is that enough? Like, I guess that's where they're gonna go with it. I mean, if 
Because I'm sure that now Statham's going to be one of the one of the boys. Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, I mean, if we can get Helen Mirren to do more too, that'd be awesome. I actually like. Yeah, that what lot. happened to his brother, man? Like his brother, like just put a gun to the palate yeah. and like, all right, I'm done. I thought, oh yeah, he was just gone after that. I forgot. I thought, he, <laughs> I thought he died. I didn't even know Owen. What's his name? Owen Shaw. Owen yeah. Shaw, yeah. I didn't even know he lived. So the fact that uh, Gaston was in this movie is a good thing. There you go. Uh, how do we feel about Charlize Theron? Was she good? I love her dreads. I thought she did a great <laughs> job actually. No, I, I, she was very, she was actually pretty menacing. She was fine. I mean, she she's a good actress, so I'm I'm what I'm whatever with you know. She, she had like the like twirly mustache villain thing going down without well, I mean, twirly. Compared to like the last the, the last couple of villains, including the Shaw brothers and um I forgot who it was that they made him go through the tunnels. But she was actually the most like menacing villain they've had in a while. I liked I liked Statham as a villain in seven until he became like like exchanging Christmas gifts with uh, the Toretto's <laughs> and all that stuff. The part where he starts laughing with the rock after they insulted each other. Yeah. Oh like what is happening? <laughs> I so think I actually thought Owen Shaw was like the best villain that they've had. Oh, so really? Because you said and five is your favorite, right? Five is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But like, I actually thought Owen Shaw was the best villain because he actually they actually made him smart and he wasn't like a by the books kind of like routine action villain. Like, I actually liked him a lot. Um, I actually like Charlie Theron in this because she's just good and it's hard for her to really be bad in anything. But it was very like typical, like you know world domination kind of villain <laughs> like yeah. that's the kind of vibe i got from her she's like brain but, she's trying she to take great. over the world yeah she looked great and like she definitely knows how to play parts like that so it wasn't like she was bad and to to put a bow on this fat fate of the furious conversation we got two more to go yep two more let's just started a new trilogy apparently oh my god that's uh. I, I my my big curiosity is is I wonder how they're going to end this whole thing. Actually, my big curiosity more so than how they're going to end it is what they're going to do moving forward. I guess like with there, it's no secret that Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel don't get along. Like they're they're trying to like kind of sugarcoat it and be like, no, like he understands. Like I'm like you know the granddaddy of this franchise. We respect each other, but I feel like there isn't a ton of respect. No, <laughs> and that, it just no, makes no, me wonder so. if like. He has to ass. know how how important uh, how important Dwayne Johnson is to that franchise now. A lot of people that movie and, makes a lot of money because of The Rock, and I don't think he understands it because I, as a wrestling fan, I watch anything The Rock does, and as a critic, and we, you know, obviously we may nitpick on things, but there are some people we go to just because of like entertainment value, and just we've seen them for so long. The Rock is that. How many right. casual fans, wrestling fans, that don't watch the movies, go to the movies a lot, but they're like, oh, shit, The Rock's in it. Let's just go see this because The Rock's in it. I don't think Vin Diesel understands how big the wrestling fan community is that he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to swallow his pride and realize that The Rock is a lot bigger than he is. I go to go, I, I go watch Fast and Furious for two people, just two people. That's The Rock and Tyrese. <laughs> Our boy Tyrese. <laughs> Our boy Tyrese killed it with the comedy in this movie. Yeah, he's he's... The one he's thing I the one thing be I, a little nuts sometimes. Like sometimes it's like he's like he's trying too hard, but other times some of the stuff he does says like really clicks and works. It's funny because I don't uh, I don't the one thing I don't like about these any of these movies is why do they always have to have some cheesy dialogue when they're driving? I don't understand how they hear each other. Number one, <laughs> yeah, crazy. I was wondering. Yeah, like no speakers too, really. are walking talking. <laughs> they're going like two hundred miles an hour in ice sheets. Hey, what's going on, man? And doing they have good? like they always have like this witty line ready, like in yeah. their back pocket. Like when I hit two hundred and forty miles, it's just coming out. 
I also want them to bring back Mia. I actually think she belongs there. I mean, she's his sister. No, so yeah, Mia needs to be in this. I don't. I, she should be there, and I know that there is a way to explain it where, like, I, they can figure out something why she would be there and why Brian wouldn't be there. I don't know, kidnap her. I don't know, do something. He's babysitting. <laughs> but like, I, I think she yeah, should. Yeah, but then be if there, you like, kidnap her, what, you, you still got to think like, why wouldn't Brian be there? That's always going to be in the back. Who's going to watch the kids? He's got to watch. He's got to watch. He's got to watch the kids. <laughs> They got two now, I remember. Back. I mean, like, it would be more complete if she was there. Like, I agree. they have the whole concept of family throughout the whole franchise. And, like, you, it's, even though she didn't have a lot to do in a lot of the sequels, I think, like, she does the most in Fast Five. That's probably, like, the, the best they utilize her other than the first one. If she's uh, not in this one, do you think that she's going to be in the last one, at least? The last she's, one? Yeah. I mean, it probably will be. If they got to find, but I don't know, like, Use his brother. Find a way to bring him back, like even for a little bit, to explain like why she would be there, or like she just they should she should be there. I mean, I'm, if you can res- if you can resurrect Michelle Rodriguez when she clearly died in number four, <laughs> and, you and, can tr- and trying to resurrect Han. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They were talking about how they can bring him back. Yeah, Jesus it's Christ. Why, why not? Let's bring back Wonder Woman while we're at it. Oh God! Oh, I forgot Gal Gadot died. Oh yeah, that was, that was Han's girl. Yeah, I forgot that she just that's like jumps off a plane no too, right? Care. She she died except for Mia. Mia was like, "Where's Giselle?" What I, what I got mad, what got me mad about that scene that she died to save Han. Then like yeah. twenty minutes into the movie, <laughs> Han dies. They no, they killed. That was towards the end, and they kill him off. And then they the kill end. him off. Well, man. they didn't kill him off. They killed him off in part three, but well, then they well, yeah, they make reason yeah, for it. In the, in the they connect the, the dots. Movie. Yeah, they kind of made stuff up as they went. And they were like, "Well, everyone liked that character, so we're just gonna say that can, these can, movies take place." It's funny. It's funny <laughs> that we talked about the horror genre because I think the Fast and the Furious franchise is becoming like the horror genre when it the, like the Friday the Thirteenth, where we say fuck continuity, we're just gonna make a movie. You also can't kill people, really. Yeah. <laughs> People I think The Rock thing. is Jason Voorhees because that guy can't. Oh no, Vin Diesel is probably more like he Jason said, Voorhees. Bullets. Big mistake. Well, I think it's cool though because that franchise is very big on fan service. So they were pissed when they killed off Letty, and like I, the reason she got killed off anyway is because she was doing Avatar. So it had nothing to do with her not wanting to be in it more. Like she was filming Avatar, and so like they complained about that, and they were like, "All right, well, we can bring her back. I mean, fans want you back, so we're just yeah, gonna give you." Convenient case of amnesia. <laughs> and we'll figure it out from there. Bottom line, I thought it was okay. Lou, you loved it. I loved it. And guys, you were I liked it. All it right. was entertaining. It it did its you know, it, it did its job. It did its job. I didn't, right. I didn't I didn't leave the theater upset. I was you know, there were things where I was just like, Oh come on. <laughs> but I mean I expect that now from the movies. Fast and Furious keep keep being cheesy. I love it. And Moving on, we're going to discuss the trailer of this little movie that's coming out in December. It's not known oh. by many. It's not known by oh, many. A little indie film. <laughs> um, the trailer was released on Friday. It's, uh, what's that called? Is Galaxy it Battle or something? It's a Galaxy Star, Star, Star Battle. Star Battle. Star Fight. Star so, Trek? Star Fox. <laughs> All right, so the trailer to Star Wars: The Last Jedi was released on Friday, and I'm sure in a few days it'll probably be the most watched trailer. Or did it did it break that record for the 24 hours? Or we don't know that I'm yet. Not super, actually, uh, if I, I felt like it broke the internet though. Yeah, absolutely. So we first we first released the trailer here on Friday. The three of us have seen it, and I'll save myself for last. Lou, what do you think? Uh, it's very Star Wars, but didn't really. Add anything to my excitement of it. I'm okay. still gonna go see it. Okay. Got G. 
Uh, I liked it a lot. I like. We don't really get a lot of like traditional teaser trailers anymore that don't give anything away. And that's uh, I like that it didn't really give a lot away. It was intriguing enough where I was like, okay, I want to know more. But it didn't like give away a bunch of like plot points and stuff. Like, I think that's how trailers should be. And I also like that it was very. It felt like very like kind of retro, retro like old school Star Wars a little bit. Yeah. I kind of like that vibe a lot. Yeah, I'm, I, I think we talked about it on Friday when we first started talking about the trailer. That trailers don't do that nowadays. Every trailer just wants to give you the entire movie, and people are complain about, oh, but there's not enough in this. I'm like, yeah, because you have to go see the movie. And the only franchise nowadays that doesn't seem to give away the entire movie in trailers is Star Wars. Yeah. Rogue One, we knew what was going to happen, but they still decided we're not going to give you everything in this trailer. I just saw Rogue One for the first time two days ago. Oh, do you like it? Do you like oh, it? I loved it. Okay. I, I liked it. No, no, I liked it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, as good as Empire. <laughs> There's a sequel coming called The New Hope. Oh, <laughs> you know it's funny. I watched The New Hope right afterwards. Doesn't it fit like yeah, really well? Really well. It does fit in real nicely, actually. I watched. I did that too when I got it on uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, I did the yeah, same thing, and, back back. and they the, actually do fit in really well. The great thing about like watching it back to back is when you walk the watch the the despecialized versions and I have copies of the despecialized versions of Star Wars. So Han Han's the only one that shot. There's no job of the HUD in the first one. And it just like plays just so smoothly. I love what well, I love watching it. In terms of the trailer, I absolutely loved it. I when I first saw the poster, I think it's probably top two posters of all time when it comes to star wars not of all time in terms of the star wars franchise the first the one that the one that always gets me is episode one i don't know if you guys have seen it it has there's a trailer of young annie walking but his shadow is darth yeah. vader that's your number one uh, out of all the trade no it's i think this is my number one but that one was number one for a while yeah no nah, definitely going with we just saw the movie <laughs> i know right like it, i guess this guy this is who becomes him i actually did it for me because i didn't know much about star wars and i'm like oh do uh skywalker and i'm like oh okay i just figured it out <laughs> um i i'm very i'm a very emotional guy when it comes to movies and trailers and music and movies and mm-hmm. that gets that will get us into our debate later on so hearing john williams his, his score with the backdrop of the trailer always works it yeah, always yeah. brings chills it always brings a little tear to my eye i loved everything about this trailer from the fact that they weren't going to co- go into copy empire strikes back and you can tell right away be- aside from the training so i've heard that this is empire i'm like because he's gonna he's training ray i'm like what what the fuck else did you expect him to do <laughs> like i don't and she i don't see training. i i don't see an ice planet i don't see hoth i don't see anything that well well is this supposed to be like the dark one i feel like they've been like kind of hinting that this is going to be a lot darker than force awakened was it looks dark oh well, it so looked, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting, I kind of get the like Empire vibes a little bit because I feel like it is going to be like that chapter kind of. Or, but not a carbon copy movie because well, no, no, it'll be a carbon copy. It'll that, just be, you know, things are going to be a bit more bleak. I think. Yeah, and it's like people. I, I'm not one of those, even though like I see some, you know, people and some similarities to New Hope with force awakened it's not the same movie and that's another d- debate for another time but i loved um the certain little shots that really got me the one with um with kylo's helmet being destroyed yeah yeah i'm like what yeah what happened there does he not want to be like darth vader anymore i'm pretty sure he's gonna turn i i'm pretty sure he's gonna turn good 
He's gonna have I to think see, eventually he's gonna have he does. Eventually he does. Well, I hope he's better this time well, around. Well, I really I, like him. <laughs> you didn't like Emo Ren? I did not. Emo, emo Ren is annoying. I was, whole I was completely fine with him when he was like completely covered up with yep. his little helmet mask on. He was kind of menacing. The moment he took it off, oh, it was a wrap. <laughs> you didn't like his long hair too. I'm guessing he's just so he's just so sad. <laughs> I don't I don't like emo villains. I don't know why it bugged me. I don't like anything that like where like like that's why you're upset. Like that's, that's your motivation. <laughs> I mean, and ultimately, like, there was a debate that was going on uh, with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about, well, Kylo may not be the main villain, and we're talking about the last, you know, the whole Last Jedi thing, and Luke, at the end of the trailer, he's like, he wants to end the Jedi. What do you think? Do you think he's turning? Do you think, because everyone thinks he's been turning for about 30 years. That would be very interesting if they did, I would like that if they did that, if they did it right. There's a there's a part of me that says could he be the main villain after all, and the final in in episode nine we have to have a final confrontation with Ray and Luke. That you know, I would be okay with that. Now, if That's they make him a main yeah. villain, do you think that will upset a a buttload of Star Wars fans? Who That's that invested in being a hero. My buddy was saying that he is a purist when it comes to characters, and he doesn't want his heroes to be turned. Oh my god. But I'm with them on terms of Luke always turned down the dark side. Palpatine couldn't turn him when it comes to like him threatening that Leia and Han and everyone all this and Lando and all his friends were gonna die. He still didn't turn. I see where he's coming from, but thirty years for worth however time has passed, maybe his mindset has changed. Maybe yeah. in terms because maybe what or on the other end he could mean that the only reason he wants to get rid of the Jedi is because if there's a Jedi, there's a Sith. If there's a Jedi, there's an Empire. If there's a Jedi, there's a First Order. There's always a balance to each other. So if the ultimate way to destroy the First Order and evil is to destroy the Jedi, then maybe that's what he wants to do too. The best thing about this trailer is what we're doing right now. There's more questions than answers. And that's what I love about Star Wars. There's always, until we watch the movie, we always will always have questions. Yeah, I'm going to hold my excitement for the first trailer, but I didn't hate the teaser. I just... It's, it was Star Wars. was what I expected. All right. I loved it. G, you loved it. I loved it. All right. I'm, I'm okay with it. And going, <coughs> speaking of John Williams, we were talking about John Williams before, which leads us to our main topic of the day, and that is film scores. So dun, dun, dun. Our, our top 10 debate this week will concentrate on film scores. Our top 10 film scores, what do we think is num- you know the best of the best, why we think th- they're the best, and... Which one of us is going to make the other one go crazy with our list? <laughs> so, <laughs> what? I mean, I, I don't think we're going to By go, the way, uh, uh, is La La Land anywhere on your list? No, <laughs> it's not on my list. All right. Oh, man. Sure. I, I lost it's an honorable mention. I literally, can I, can I, I literally just lost money on that one. You really put money down on that? <laughs> money on that. That's it's $2. You lost $2. <laughs> you lost $2. Damn you, Dave. I was listen. I love this. I, La La Land's in my top fifteen, but I wouldn't put it in my. It's not in my top ten. No. So yeah, I probably would have lost money too. Like, <laughs> you see, I thought it was at least going to be at number ten. It's been like three just, episodes straight of La La Land. I can't talk. love. I can't love a movie, <laughs> guys. You're going to be able to mention it on every episode we do, and I thought it would I, thought be, you, I thought you were going to put a dial on. <laughs> I did, well, the top but top 10. ten is all La La Land. La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> And I like, oh, and I do on your list, and then you crossed it off because you're like, no, I can't. Really, I can't. And then no, I just do like ten songs of La La Land. There That's my go. entire list. 
Yeah. No, man. I'm not. I, I love the movie, but I'm not. I'm not nuts like that. It is in my top fifteen. So maybe I'm a little crazy when it, cause it is in my top fifteen. It, it might make my top fifteen. All right. Who wants to go first, Louis? What's your number ten? Are we doing, are we doing honorable mentions? Do you have any? I have two honorable. All right. What's yours? My honorable mentions are Superman and the Terminator. That's good. Composers I don't have, but not for honorable mentions. John Williams is Superman. There you go. Yeah, who did Terminator? That's a good question. I actually, I actually forgot about Terminator. I feel like that should be on my list. It's, not. it's crazy. I should know who did this, the score to Terminator. Terminator I, for, I, I, I didn't get that one. Because would it be the same composer for 1 and 2, right? I believe it was yeah, the same no, composer. Did, no, I think they used it yeah, for 1 and 2. Consulting the research department right now. <laughs> yeah, we're finding that out yeah, for John you. John Williams, uh, he takes a good chunk on my list. I'll tell you that. I think John Williams is on every everybody's list. list. Everyone's list, yeah. No, Terminator is good. Actually, I mean, like it's the gets the same basic score for like Terminator and Terminator Two. Yeah, it uh, has one of the best themes out of any. Yeah, yeah, yeah like definitely. some of the best action movie themes. I, ever. The, and I know the first Terminator is all synthesizer too. So oh, with the with the Terminator one, I like it's the very, it's very like 80s. the part two one, right? <laughs> I like. I, I don't know which one it was. The one that has the the, the metal accents to it, like you hear like part, metal clanging. That's part two. Yeah, that's the one I like. Um, better. the guy that did the the score for the first Terminator, his name is Brad. If I'm butchering his name, I apologize. Fidel, Fidel, F I E D E L. I think okay. it's for the fi- yeah Fidel. Terminator, Terminator two. Terminator two. Let me get that for you too. And in the meantime, while I'm looking that up, do you have any honorable mentions, G? Uh, or are you actually- just don't have any honorable mentions. I wish I would have thought of some though. Lala, uh, Lala Land is my honorable mention. There you go. I oh, met, I, you I, go. I put I it in there. To mention it. I, it made the list. He did. He actually did part two as well of Terminator. Oh, that's oh, good. Go. I mean, like, I love it. I, I remember the score more in Terminator Two. No, I was talking about Justin Hurwitz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, one day we'll stop talking about Lala Land. I promise. One day, actually, uh, the the one that is like at my number ten right now, uh, I wish it would have won best score over that movie you mentioned. <laughs> oh, I think I know where you're uh, going. Okay. So uh, since you brought that up, you're gonna have to go first. Well, hold on, before you, I actually, I, I, I forgot one, and I'm gonna add it to my honorable mention now, and I'm so mad I forgot it. But Halloween. Halloween's not in your top ten. I forgot it. It's gonna have to be an honorable mention now. Oh, okay. Just chilling below the top. Yeah, just chilling there, man. <laughs> that movie, that movie, <laughs> breathing in the background. That movie, despite all the good stuff we were talking about, that movie's made by that score. Yeah, every scene in that movie is made with that score. But I that, like how they, like, that I, it's not as good as Halloween, but I like how they kind of pump up the score in Halloween too. That's like, all. Si- more, like, I, I met <laughs> like the composer. I met the composer of Halloween too. Is uh, he was telling me it's all synth. Yeah, that's all synthesizers. Yeah, I, I like it though. It sounds, it sounds great on surround sound. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> All right, so G. G's going first. You you sit you you know open the can of worms. Is Moonlight your number ten? No, no, Moonlight's not my number ten. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's, say, holy shit! <laughs> what's your number ten? I actually score and I and I, I put it at number ten because it's very recent. But I actually love the music in Arrival. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's not a bad number ten. I feel like I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. I think it's like Johan. And oh, Johan. Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I loved every piece of music in the rival because some of it was just very subtle, and I added to scenes in a very subtle way. But then also the the score that pretty much caps off like the climax of the movie, where yeah, she's kind of like basically like you're you're learning everything as uh, as an audience, like how everything is kind of turning out. Like that score during that last like ten minutes of the movie is like perfection to me. I thought it was like really really good. 
And I wanted to get like one recent example on the list, so that's why it's there. Oh no, you that's that's a good one. And, and I it sucks that he was disqualified because of the sound sound mixing. Yeah. It sucks because <laughs> a lot of a, a little bit of his score, well, some of his score has like the aliens like dialogue in it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, he was disqualified for that. And I'm like, come on, man, wow. this is such a good score. He did the. I think he recently did. He recently won an Oscar for Theory of Everything. He did the score for that too. He did the score for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he got disqualified, and then La La Land got the win, so whatever. The right movie won there. <laughs> the right movie won there. Um, my number 10 is Halloween, as we were talking about before. It's a movie that, when you have a, a score that improves a movie, you know the score is iconic. That theme, if you don't know horror movies, if you don't know movies, you hear that theme. You're going to be like, oh, that Michael Myers guy. Yeah. So you know just because of that theme. Also, there's so many little notes in the movie that I love when Michael's chasing Laurie that then that's such a simple piece of music it's, too. It's so simple, but it's You're so like it's menacing. <laughs> it's menacing. Like you know Michael's going after that you with those things. And what's uh right when at the beginning of the movie when they transfer over when um Loomis is like, He's gone from here, the evil is gone, and then you switch over to Haddonfield and right when it says oh, Halloween. The day it says Halloween yeah, yeah, and then you hear din, 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 and I'm like, it's so simple, but Carpenter killed. They, use, they yep. use that like a couple times really well. They use it really well there, and then they use that again when uh She's going to the house. I when she's going to the house, and yeah. it's so like it's like that build up of like, oh, don't go over there. And, like it makes you feel like like can't you hear the music? <laughs> like you should like, know what's over. coming, Laura. You should know what's coming. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Lou, what's your number 10? My number 10 is The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Oh, okay. Enrico uh, Maricone. Enio Maricone. Maricone. Yes. Uh, I mean, you can't watch a Western movie without thinking about that score. It's, I, they don't, just the, every time you play in the playground, that's the music everybody hums with their mouth. They, um, they, and they use that for every like, comedy, everything. comedy dual <laughs> scene. They use that theme for everything. And I like the way that he used different instruments to represent the different characters. Uh, I forgot which ones they were, but it, like you could tell when uh character had his moment with the, just the, the use of the instrument instruments in that score were amazing. Awesome. G, what's your number nine? Uh, number nine. I went with the score for uh, the Social Network. Love that. That's uh Trent yeah. Reznor, right? Resner and Atticus Ross, yeah, and they actually won the Oscar that year for yes. That's another, uh, another also rock. very kind of simple music, like not like simple, but like it's not like in your face kind of score, but it's like it's really effective for the movie and the way it's used in the movie. Well, yeah, especially like, since it's a, it's a dialogue-driven movie anyway, so the score right, works right. so well with it. And I think it's cool that you know we can that Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails has an Oscar. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. My number nine is Rocky. Okay. By Conic, B- Conic B- Bill Conti. Um, what's there to say? <laughs> Gonna fly now. Everyone knows that when it, when everyone's at the gym and they're on the treadmill and they got those last 32 seconds, they're going to yeah, put yeah. Gonna Fly Now just to like get them through those last 32 seconds. Everyone knows that. What hits me are... Any any type of any kind of music that he uses when him and a- when Rocky and Adrian are together always gets yeah. me. It's I love and that's something I love about Rocky that the movie's really not about boxing. It's about the relationship between Rocky and Adrian and Conti's score goes so well with that. On top of um, to make these fight scenes so well, yeah. 
you have to have good music behind that and that going the distance piece where Rocky and Apollo are just going after each other and you have that background in the music Uh, Puffy Puffy sampled that for uh, Victory back in 97 so it shows how far that little piece of music has gone Um, not in Rocky 1 but in Rocky 3 I am man enough to admit, I don't know if you guys do uh, will admit it too, I get very emotional when Mickey dies. Oh, yeah. And that oh, yeah. piece of music yeah. that Conti uses when Mickey dies, done. That on top of Rocky screaming, I'm, it always gets me every single time. And Great Lou, choice. what's your number nine? My number nine is Jaws by John Williams. Again. First appearance on the list. I wonder That's why. Good. Yeah. Actually, I, I should use that... Uh, to scare my daughter sometimes, but uh, <laughs> it's iconic, man. You, you hear that, you it, it, like your emotions go to fear right away. And that show that's added to with um, if you see that when you're watching Jaws, mm-hmm. that that theme is playing, and you, all you see is the girl's legs, yeah, the girl's and legs. you just see Jaws going up and taking care of her. Like it's I, just, I, I just love the way it builds too. Yeah, it builds. It always builds to it. Um, <sighs> is there anything? Besides, like, that part of the music that you like from Jaws, or, like, that's the main That's theme. the main one I like, but, I mean, Jaws is pretty iconic just on the screenplay alone, but the the atmosphere that the music creates, it's it's great. The the, the songs he puts while they're on the boat, uh, trying to plan out their plans, it, it just adds eerie. Yeah, it adds eerie and suspense yeah. to it, yeah. All right, yeah, you, that, that main thing kind of opens up the movie really well too. Like, and and it's funny because that <laughs> would that be Williams' first iconic theme? I'm I, trying I to think. think. So. I think what did he do before? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so, that's yeah. what started everything. He didn't win an Oscar for that surprise. I, at least I don't think first he. I know he was nominated for. Um, gee, what's up next for you? All right, it's gonna be surprising because I don't like the movie, but I will give it credit. Based on its score, I actually Titanic. Love this score. I was about to say that it's, it's Titanic. I know it. I, yeah, it is. I oh, I guessed it. You it, love the score. Is. Yeah, I love the score. I think the score is really good. James Horner did it. Yeah, you know what? I, I like R.I.P. Too, man. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, very but beautiful pieces of music though. Like I can give it credit for that. And like the main uh, theme that I like uh, is when uh, at the end of the movie where they kind of take you back into the the boat and yes. she. Like that ending scene with the music is really, really good. I wish it makes me wish I liked the movie. At least you like something. At least you like something. I don't want to hate about it. any movie, but like it's just that one's a hard one for me. But I do love the music. I think the music is really good. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I like about the movie. I mean, I like a few things about the movie. I mean, it's very outside the love story. It's very true to the actual story of what happened. So. The music, I love how that the piece of music you're talking about is when uh, it's similar to the to the heart. My heart will go on, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, Lou, what's up next for you? Uh, number eight, right? Yes, we're at Back to the Future by Alan Silverstreet. Oh. Silverstreet. And I can't believe that didn't make my list. I mean, my list. I'm, I, it's I, on I, mine. As, as I said before, I'm not a big fan of Back to the Future. I've said this before, but you can't you can't deny the iconicness of that score. I I, I can't. I am in. I will, I feel very bad that I did not oh, add so that to gonna, my list. You can't crack on me I'm not going to crack on you anymore. Well, you had me, then you lost me when you said you're not a big fan of Back to the Future. I've said oh, that you missed you missed that last week. Yeah, he doesn't no, I like. Said that many, like I think the second episode I said that too. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, it didn't do it for me. 
Oh, that's that cool. movie's like my childhood. That's like yeah, everything about yeah, that movie. Yeah, it, I, it, it I, I think much. I wore out that VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> I I wore that I wore that shit out big time, and I love that movie. It was the first DVD that I destroyed, actually, when DVDs became so popular. It was the yeah. first one that I just absolutely butchered. It was scratched all over from watching it so much. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it a chance now, but I, every time I tried, it never did anything for me. My number eight is the first first of many Williams scores, Jurassic Park. There you go. What What can we say? Like That theme has gone through five, what is it, four movies already? Yeah, about every, to be in every the fifth. Single one, right? Yeah. 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 And it doesn't get old. And it doesn't get old. And it just, it's one of those movies that it makes you want to go to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like once you. Yeah, everyone w- loves that welcome to Jurassic Rest- Park moment. Yeah. And then, and then the <laughs> fact that it's so subtle when it starts. And once he says welcome to Jurassic Park, he hits it. it, it you hear the, like, the, the. No, that's that, Superman, no, man. No, that's actually, Superman. Actually, Wrong actually, movie. No, no, actually, in my head, <laughs> right composer. I, I was thinking, no, it wasn't Superman. It was actually the Batman one I was doing for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and I also love that they've made different variations of it throughout the movie, too. So right, I, right. I, I've always loved that part about it. And ne- next up, G, what's your number seven? Uh, well, I'm going to piggyback off yours. It was actually Jurassic Park. Awesome. Yeah, uh, for, the same, for the same, same reasons. reasons exactly. Like I can, I and the fact that they've been able to use those themes throughout the movies, even though like some of the other movies weren't as good as Jurassic Park, like they're having that kind of familiar piece of music that's been able to go through all those movies, like kind of you know, it takes you back to. And I also really, you're mentioning the the well, we're mentioning the theme before at the end when um, the T Rex takes down the Raptor, yeah, and the oh, theme yeah. hits again. <laughs> oh, it's hits! It's so good. So, do you do like wait? I gotta ask Lewis a question. You do like Jurassic Park, right? I like Jurassic Park. Okay, just making sure. I thought it was gonna be like Back to the Future, and then I was not yeah. Like, I was up. I was about to like feel really bad about myself. <laughs> we lost you, and you lost and you lost me. You knew yeah, you're on your own. I think one of, just from the iconic, you know, movies that everybody likes. I think the one I have the biggest problem with is Back to the Future. I think other than that, I'm pretty much gonna agree with. Most awesome. Of and what's your number eight? My number eight. No, I did a number eight. Oh, then where are we up to? Number seven. Number seven. My number seven is Rocky. Okay. Same uh, reasons yeah. or? It's energetic. Uh, perfectly captures the emotional moments as well as the action moments, the boxing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just want to go run up some stairs with that score. Just- Which in reality is just one of the most ridiculous thing a person can do. Yeah. Especially with all those people there. But it would probably be so fun. I can't wait to go to Philly to do that myself. Yeah, I want to I do that too. When I, you know, you only live once. You got to do it at least once. Yeah, and then I just want to have like Mickey's theme playing in the background, like the depressing theme, and just throw like a helmet at Rocky's statue like he did in the movie. There no, you go. I don't remember that no, no, scene. No, no, or is that, that me? I, doubt the, about, I guess that's I was the only one that's weirder than running up the stairs and putting your hands up. <laughs> <but> okay. <laughs> G, you're up. What's next up for you? Uh, that's my next one. Okay, I am going to go with. Uh, I I feel like I cheated because I I didn't know which like movie to kind of pick, so I just kind of lumped the trilogy together. Uh, Hans Zimmer score for the Dark Knight trilogy. Hans Zimmer. I, I kind of lumped lumped them together, but I I actually because Danny Elfman's music, at least on like on Batman, is pretty iconic and like everyone kind of knows it very well, and it's very you know a part of like those movies. But the fact that he was able to make something kind of grand and epic and like his own for like these this new series of movies and like and knowing that it would be compared to like that score that kind of came before it like there are certain themes in that that actually I think like if sometimes when I'm watching it sound a little bit better than what Danny Elfman did okay 
Uh, it depends on my mood, but like, there's definitely it's definitely a big epic score though, and it sells those movies really well. It's a it's a score that introduced me to uh, Hans Zimmer when I was I was 18 at the time when Batman Begins first came out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. I he didn't make me forget about Elfman, but it was a score that uh, that we're restarting a franchise. We need a new theme, and I think he does does a great job. And in Dark Knight, he has a Joker theme, and then yeah, in, yeah. in Dark Knight Rises, he has a Bane theme. Everything works so well with everything he does in those movies. And then my number seven is Jaws. More Williams, kind of for the same reason that you were saying, Lou. That iconic theme that when the, what opens the movie, and you you hear that theme, and you say bye bye to the little to the swimmer. It just sets the pace up for the movie of what we're going to get on for the yeah. next two hours. All you right, know, Lou, what's next up for you? Uh, my number six is The Godfather by Nino Rota. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, it, the tempo of the whole series uh, just misses with the emotions of that the characters go through perfectly. Um, the... You get a lot of the the symphonies and old school Italian instruments that kind of capture the culture uh, of those films, and it's just something that the it makes the movie that much greater. Yeah, and I will say a little bit about that later because yeah. I want to talk about it right now <laughs> for obvious that. reasons. <laughs> um, what's, your, what's your what's your what's your number six? Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, my number six. Uh, you're gonna get mad. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Star oh, Wars is actually. I actually oh had. Oh my Star- god! <laughs> I had it higher. I had actually had it higher, and it was a last minute like bump down. Star Wars is not in your top five. It was in my top five yesterday, and then I was like talking to friends about it, and I was like, wait, 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 no, I like this one a little bit more, so I like bumped it down. It's still in my top ten. Well, I mean, it's your, it's your of course, it's. I, I, can, can, can I know why it's not in? Your, I mean, I'm I'm guessing you think there's five other better, but like, there are five other ones that. We gotta hear I, five. Score makes me feel things, and like I mean, I do feel things when I listen to some of that music in Star Wars. But there's you know other movies that make me feel a little bit more. I'm I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, saying it's bad. It's in the top ten. Like it's I like sh- you know. I shed a tear. <laughs> I shed a tear. It's good. I mean, I can still hear like the Imperial March and be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like, there's a lot of stuff I love about it, and like, I mean, it's iconic and everyone knows it, and it's very familiar. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I still like I should get credit though. It's in my top ten, and like, I didn't leave it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, and go. it wasn't my top five yesterday. I can't, I can't wait for these top fives. Yeah, I, I can't. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear your top five. Man, you have me second guessing my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou, we're getting into the top five. Yes, we are. Star Wars better be in it. Uh, it's not, it hasn't been in my bottom five, so that, it scares me that I might it might not be in it at all. That's uh, we'll see. We'll see. What's your number five? My number five is James Bond by oh, Moff Gideon and John Barry. Of course, uh, the iconic uh, which gun barrel scene. Yes. Uh, that I mean, theme it stood, is just so iconic. Yeah, it's I mean, f- what 40, 50 years now. So, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, every uh, James Bond movie comes out with a different song in the intro, but the movie, but that main, yeah, sc- that, that main, main yeah, that main the theme, perfectly. and the fact that they use it throughout the movie and they yeah. have for so long. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm I very bad at imitating them. 
like, like when I was sneaking about the school or stuff, I didn't think about James Bond. I kind of I forgot. thought I thought about it, and it's I so iconic. But I guess the reason for me it didn't make my ten was be more on the along the lines that it's the score is always done by someone else. That's true. Right. So it you know it's hard for me, and but it is, I it is kind of a one trick pony. Cause yeah. That one. Yeah. No, but it's still iconic. There's yeah, no yeah. denying that. My number five is more John Williams. It's Indiana Jones. And I mean, we all know Indiana Jones theme here, so we know that that is Williams at its best. It's it spews adventure, and that's what I love about Williams that. He does so many movies and he has so many iconic scores, but every single score that he does is different. And this is goes along the line that when you watch Indiana Jones and you hear the music in that movie, you know that you're watching a great epic adventure story. And yeah. that's thanks to William's score. Definitely sucks you into the adventure of the movie. Bro. Now, Mr. G, <laughs> what is your number five? Uh, I picked Back to the Future over Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. Woof. I, I had to. I went, went back to the future. Sorry. It came down. It's like you're so. Like, it's like you're scared of like my reaction right now. I am a little bit. Nah, man. I love Back to the Future. I'm not gonna hate on that. Yeah, I. I don't know. It. It really was like a last minute. Like, uh, which one do I like a little bit more? Which one can I, like, can take me back to my childhood a little bit more? Like, I. I mean, I grew up with Star Wars, but I actually watch Back to the Future probably more than those movies back then. You flipped you flipped the coin, uh-huh. didn't you? Yeah, it, it came down to that probably. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number four, Lou? My number four is Jurassic Park by John Williams. Same reason same or same reason. I've I've always wanted do, do, there actually is a Jurassic Park in real life, right? A what? Like isn't there like a Jurassic Park in real life? Uh there's a ride. But there's one like uh there's a town by us, G's, Secaucus, New Jersey, and they have this, like, amusement park type thing that is kind of like Jurassic Park instead. Well, okay, you know, well, it's, God, it's not, like, real, like, like dinosaurs, but, like, that. it's, like, <laughs> yeah. they, they kind of go, they want to go along the lines of having, like, these, like, mechanical dinosaurs and stuff like that in the park. Yeah, well, I, I say that because, like, one of my, like, when I was a kid, that was one, one of the things I wanted to do. I wanted to go through those gates, and I wanted to hear that music. You should go to the ride in Universal. I mean, I'm You could go sure through the gates. I'm pretty sure it has it. It's so. a good. The, ride, the ride is pretty fun. Does I don't know. I think in us over here, over here on the East Coast and in Florida, where we went to Universal Studios, I think the score plays throughout the ride. Does it play over there in in Hollywood? Yeah, it plays throughout the ride. So yeah, it's like so the, it, it has like it adds uh, to it, what you were saying. Welcome to Jurassic Park theme, basically yeah. that kind of sets the tone for how the ride starts. Awesome. And then it kind of intensifies until you get to the drop at the end. I don't know if you guys have the the drop at the end has like the T Rex. Yeah, we have down. the drop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next so, vacation yeah, it, plan. It's fun. And you get that other, I forgot what's the name of that dinosaur that like spits. It has that on there yes, too. Yes, it does. It, yeah, same with us here. Spits water at you, yeah. <laughs> my, my number four is the score that um, makes me ball like a, like a child not getting his favorite toy. Titanic made the list, everybody. Um, <laughs> e- my, num- my number um, is E.T. Oh... Uh. Uh, we're yeah. gonna agree on that, yeah. Yeah. Wait, are you? Is, are are that's, we? Get, ET's yeah. Me? Yeah, that's what would be my. That was gonna be my next one. So. Okay. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys rock with that one. So ET is an emotional roller coaster of a score, and John Williams once again. Uh-huh. Um, I'll just fast forward to where it gets me the most. So, when 
Have you seen E.T.? Yeah, I've seen E.T. Okay, so, e- ago, so E.T. Amazing. dies. E.T. dies. Yeah. And then, you know, he comes back to life. And then they're on the bicycles. And you have that score just hit right away. And then they're on the bicycles. And then you see these guys are about to shoot them down. And they're like, there's like a, I guess there's like a two police cars trying to stop them from keep riding. And then you you see a close-up of E.T.'s face. And just when he's um, the shot switches, you hear the score just hit hard and they off they go and they start flying and that flying theme of et always gets me you know you'd think that'd be the high end no but the high point for me is five minutes later when everyone is saying goodbye to et and you know you have uh elliot's family say they're you know say their farewells or whatever but then we get to elliot and then williams does something with his score that every i've et is one of my favorite movies which is my top 20 and every time I watch that movie, it doesn't matter. I know what's going to happen. But right when um, E.T. tells um, Elliot, I'll be right here with his finger, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm bawling like an infant. <laughs> and that just shows the power of music in film that something like that could do that to someone. Because without it, yeah, it might be powerful, but it's not going to be as powerful as it is with that yeah no definitely that, um, emotions. that score that's a rough final five minutes it, isn't it like <laughs> it's it's like if you're losing your best friend and it's like like i get made fun of oh why do you cry like if there's any movie to cry why do you cry in et i'm like because he's literally losing his best friend yeah and you know that that's yeah. enough for a I little i think it was like a younger me that was like because i it made me cry when i was a kid yeah and then seeing it as i get older so i'm like why is this still making me tear up like this shouldn't make me tear up is it just me or like i don't know if you feel because i know lou doesn't like it as much as we do is it just me or is it one of those like movies that as we get older we understand it more and then we're like crying even more because it happens to a lot of movies it has a lot to do with that especially like growing up and just making friends like even like you know there's certain people that come in and out of your life that like kind of make an impact and like you know I think that that is what it is in its simplest form, basically. Like, you know, this kid who doesn't really have, you know, he has his family and stuff, but he doesn't really have a ton of friends. Yeah, he's bullied by his brother and all that stuff. Yeah, so. uh, you know, he finds one that, like, is, that you know, someone not of this world that understands him. And then, like, this one person that, you know, they both understand each other, and then, like, he has to leave. Yeah, it's terrible. And, and that, yeah. It's, but then, t- the whole, then the whole family is, like, bawling. Like, you like... You know, Drew Barrymore's crying. The mother's crying. <laughs> and it, everyone seems upset. <laughs> and this may, I don't know, this may surprise people because of Spielberg's, like, you know, filmography. He's my, that's my favorite Spielberg movie. E.T. is without a doubt my favorite Spielberg movie. It does. What moment in E.T. gets me, and it's, it's a really small moment, when they're trying to revive him or whatever, when he, like, dies, and they cut to Drew Barrymore, like, crying, like, bawling as they're trying to, like, you know, they put the paddles on him to, like, kind of revive him. And they cut to her for like a second, and she's just like, I don't know what they said to her <laughs> to make her react that way. But like, it's just like, oh god, everyone's they, so sad. They probably <laughs> whispered in her ear, "You will not be a good actress." No, you don't like Drew Barrymore. For I don't like Drew Barrymore. So, um, <laughs> no, but to, and it's funny that ET is technically supposed to be a children's film, isn't it? Yeah, it gets pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, so that that as you can see, me and Gaius love ET. Uh, yeah. I still gotta show it to my daughter. So I def and I definitely that. think we miscounted on these films because I still have four left. How many guys do you have left? I got four left too. All right, you have four left, right? Yeah, but no, no, four I, got, I got three left. Yeah, no, because who? I got three. 
Yeah, I have four left, so I'm... You probably missed one. No, I didn't. <laughs> we miscounted somewhere. Sorry, listeners. All right, we'll figure it out. Who's next? You're up, G. What's up? Oh, uh, well, mine was going to be the same as yours. Uh, I, that's why I said like, I'm glad you mentioned E.T. Okay. So, like, I can piggyback off of everything you said, pretty much. Uh, I don't know. It's still... You talk about a score that just kind of gives you all the feels, basically. <laughs> and that score does. Like, from, like, you have, like, these happy, triumphant moments. You have sad moments. Even, like, some of the more dangerous parts of the score are good. Like, it just makes you feel, like, every type of emotion. Absolutely. And next up, Lou? This is Lou. Uh, my number three is going to be Indiana Jones. Same reasons? Same reasons. Uh, every time I hear that uh, Raiders March... Uh, just makes you want to go on an adventure. You want to go like wear a man, <laughs> a man purse and a man purse brown a leather jacket. With a brown leather jacket, just go down Brookline Avenue. Can we say like Harrison Ford owned the 80s in the franchise oh, department? Yeah, 100%. That's why, he came, that's why he's running back to him now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Blade Runner and then. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like Harrison Ford is like, yeah, I'm getting old. I should probably do some of these things because I won't be able to do them. Five years from now. <laughs> so I'll do Blade Runner. I'll do Star Wars. I'll even go back and do Indiana Jones. Like, whatever you got from the 80s, I'll do it again. That's funny. Um, next up for me is Batman 89. Um, okay, it goes to along what you were saying before about Dark Knight. Elfman, Elf, Elfman's Bat March set the stage for that movie. I watched that. I can put put myself back into 1989. You know, if I was an adult in 1989, I'd sit down in that theater and I'd hear that theme, and I'm like, "Oh, this shit is gonna get real." Like yeah. this theme does everything it needs to do. Along with that, you have throughout the movie, you have um when uh, Batman and Vicky Vale are riding to back to the Batcave. You have that eminent like the theme that when they're driving through the woods, and it's, it shows like I think he has like. I think he has like a little orchestra or two with it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not part of the score, but it's part of the soundtrack. You gotta love Prince. Everyone yeah, loves yeah, Prince yeah, yeah. and Batman. So in songs that make no sense whatsoever to the plot of the story, but Party Man and Trust, like uh, I bug out to those all the time. I think they make sense for like them being kind of like Joker themes a little bit. <laughs> Did you like, know? Kind of yeah. fun in the same way that he's fun. <laughs> F- fun fact: um, I read I read an article like a year or two ago that. Um, when Trust is playing, Jack Nicholson is hearing a different song because they oh, really? did, they didn't know if they were actually going to get the rights to Prince. I think they were oh. still working on it, so that's what they he was listening to something else. Okay. So fun fact, Nicholson still kicked ass. So yeah, he did. So I'm gonna go along since I am the one that messed up on my list here. My number that Batman is my number four. My number three is The Godfather, and Godfather is. One of the best scores of all time to aid two of the greatest films of all time for from the from the iconic theme that we were talking about before to pieces of music that aid certain scenes in the movie that get me Uh, the scene where Michael forgives Fredo in part two that that score just aids that scene so much. Um, Also, the theme where we get a young Vito and. In Godfather 2, when he arrives to America, to Ellis Island, and you have the theme right then and there hitting hitting home, the fact that this is a new beginning for 
uh, Vito Corleone. Everything about the Godfather score is done so well. Yeah, it was massive. For and me. it also brings, like you were saying before, it brings a family-oriented feel to certain parts of the movie as yeah. well. So now we get to our top two. Uh, G, go first. G, I want you to go first for this top What's two. What's better than Star Wars? <laughs> what is better than Star Wars? <laughs> Uh, I picked Halloween for number two. Okay, no, nope. Same, not hating on that. For the same reasons that we talked about already, but it's just simple but really, really effective. Uh, actually, that score—if I watch the movie by myself, by myself—it's like it's that's part of the reason why that movie scares me still. Like I can, I can still can be like completely, even though I've seen Halloween a lot. There's just something about the mood that the score creates that automatically just makes me kind of like uneasy. Awesome. And yeah, you know, any good horror should make you feel that way. Number two, cool, man. Now my number two is uh, even though The Dark Knight had a great score, nothing will ever be more iconic than Batman '89. That is High the, five. the that is the principal Batman theme. It like even influenced the animated series. Once you hear that music, the automatically think Batman. It's fun fact. You mentioned the animated series. They wanted Elfman to do it. Uh-huh. I think he said no because it's similar. It's a similar it's theme. Similar, it's very yeah. similar. It's similar yeah. So what happened was I think there was contract issue that he found out that the show wasn't going to be just for kids. And I think it was going to air at night. And so it was right. going to draw like a larger audience. And I think that's when he changed his mind. He was involved in making the, the, the theme. Okay. So that's how far like that 89 Batman theme goes. Exactly. No, it was very iconic to the character. Okay. My number two goes along the line with my number one favorite director of all time, Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. My number two is Bernard Herrmann's Psycho. Um, the score to Psycho is breathtaking. Everything from the beginning, the opening the opening theme to the movie, to where we get uh, Marion deciding on what she's going to do. Is she going to go? Is she going to take this money? What is she going to do with this money? And Hitchcock's score, I mean, uh, Herman's score just aids it so well. And, of course, we get the iconic shower scene. Yeah, yeah, you probably do it better than I do. That was, that was it, though. That right? was kind you of gave, it. You gave me a face. I was like, nah, that was definitely it. No, that's kind <laughs> of it. Um, everything about totally like everything about that score does it for me, and I love Herman. Herman did so much with Hitchcock, so he did. Uh, he also did Vertigo, and that score is iconic as well. Um, it's just one of one of those other movies that uh, that aids to the film. Every, yeah, it's a very uh, chilling uh, score that just added to the whole atmosphere of the whole movie. Awesome, and we are here. Here we go. Our number one. I, yeah. I, we might as well go first because I want to hear what guys this is. No, actually, yeah, we're gonna save you for last, yeah, Mister G, you for last. because well, I, if you haven't guessed by now. <laughs> so me and Lou's number one is Star Wars. Star Wars, the iconic Star Wars. Not, it's it's all right. <laughs> so all right, we should like do every single theme from Star Wars just to see like if if your number one can top our number one with the amount of iconic themes. That should be fun. Even the Vader score, like in like, I I, everyone it's knows good, the main. Like <laughs> what happened? That's like it's good. I'm not saying it's not good. Number one being the main theme. So we have the main theme of num- that starts off every single every single Star Wars movie except Rogue One, yeah. and that sets the tone for the movie. Then we get the Imperial March. The Imperial March. Then we get. 
Leia and Han Steam, which is my favorite out of it's just to, you know, yeah. to surprise the many, the main theme is not my favorite piece of music from Star Wars. We go to Le- we go to Leia and Han Steam, and I know that's from Empire Strikes Back, but it's still in the Star Wars yeah. Star Wars universe. And I love Yoda's theme. Yoda's and, that, yeah. and we even go and we even could we, if we even want to take it back to show like the importance of this particular score. It led to all these different iconic pieces made. Look at Phantom Menace. I don't. I don't think Phantom Menace is a good movie. However, it's not as bad as Attack of the Clones to me. But for the reasons that Phantom, that uh, Phantom Menace had Duel of the Fates, mm-hmm. oh and yeah, that theme is unbelievable. I mean, it made it during that was in '99 dur- during the TRL days, and that Duel of the Fates actually almost made it to number one. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's crazy. And like, why? Because of the importance of Star Wars and exactly. like musicals, and even the influence it had. Like, it influenced uh, the rival uh, franchise, Star Trek. Uh, well, that, with music, no, I think Star Trek was the '60s. Star no, Star no, Wars the, the, was '77. It was for the 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 William Shatner films. Not oh, the, the first movie. Oh, the first movie. Okay. Yeah, the the, the movies, not the actual. Yeah, no, the William Shatner movies were highly influenced by the Star Wars score. And then we go on to like. 30 years later or 40 years later now this year mm-hmm. and we have it's still going strong we, we have force awakens two years ago and not only was williams able to take that piece of music and yep. you know still bring it to life but he was able to take the finale of force awakens and still bring that that um that theme and just use it in a different way yeah. and i think it still worked perfectly and can we say we have a new we have a new iconic theme with race theme that theme is gonna yeah. that theme is gonna hold gonna hold light you know it's gonna be very important to the franchise now because i can see that theme be it was in the trailer yeah, race theme was in the trailer so I, like I watch the force awakens again you need yeah <laughs> think, force awakens is great and then kylo we, we it's not the imperial march but kylo and the first order have their own theme as well that, so that one still has to grow on me i think williams hat williams has his like he has so many iconic. He has Schindler's List. He has Oscars for you know other films, but I think Star Wars is his like that's perfection. Yeah, that is a masterpiece. masterpiece. All right, sir. All right, G- After G- all G- that, <laughs> what is your number one? Yeah, I don't even want to say anymore. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, no pressure at all. I'm sorry, it's not Star Wars. <laughs> um, I actually with number one, um, I went with the score for Twenty Fifth Hour, which is a movie that a lot of people haven't seen. But uh, Terrence Blanchard did the score, and he's actually a, like a jazz musician. He plays out here in LA a lot too. Jazz, um, jazz. Yeah, he does. A, yeah, he does a lot of. Uh, he's done like multiple Spike Lee movies or scores for his movies. But the score for Twenty Fifth Hour only because like it's one of my favorite movies too. Okay. Um, it's like there are themes pretty much for almost every, for like every character in the movie. There's just like it's just like the music tells like. A story pretty much and it there's moments when it's like pretty like soft and subtle and they actually has moments where it's pretty grand and epic and the fact that someone who is primarily known for doing jazz can create a score like that like actually says a lot to me about like how talented he is okay uh, it's one of those scores too where i've actually mentioned that score to people and they like either have never seen the movie or they don't know anything about it and they will see the movie sometime after that and that's the first thing they mention is that how good the music was and how they're shocked that it's not as well known as it probably should be and i've seen the 25th i've seen 25th hour i actually like it a lot too i 
gotta say I have to watch it again to catch that score. Yeah, I'm gonna more. give you the benefit of the doubt because I've never watched it, so I'm uh I'm gonna watch it and get back to you on that one. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I would watch it again and just like pay attention to the music. Like it, it's it's really really good stuff. Like from start to finish, it's really good. So that you made a very good case for your your number one. I I had to. I still I still find it blessed. I still find it blasphemous that Star Wars is not anywhere near top two or three, but you're still the man. There you go. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> the, um, for next week, we were we were going to actually touch on trilogies this week, but yes. score conversation. You're into not going to like my list, David. And I can't wait because there is some trilogies that are my esteemed colleague over here. Says Love. says or loves and thinks are great. And G, I'm not even going to spoil it for you because I want you to listen to this on your own. Oh yes, <laughs> and die a little bit inside. <laughs> and yeah, you guys are not remember like remember when we did that episode on animated films on Disney animated films and me and you were dying inside. Uh huh. And there were some great ones that were like at number ten for him. I think <laughs> I think we're gonna die. I th- with some of these. I think you might. So that's next week's main debate topic. Um. This week, is there anything coming out this week that we will be covering? We're covering Tribeca Film Festival starts this week, so I'll be covering that. Um, I'm doing an old to bad reels of the fantastic first uh, part of the Birdemic. Excuse uh, me, movies. what is it called? It's called Birdemic. Uh, the director, <laughs> the director thought he was the absolute shit, and <laughs> the actors did not. And that blend comes out perfectly with this horribly CGI bird attack movie. That's- so be on the lookout for that. And then also releasing in theaters this week is Free Fire, which I am highly anticipating. That movie yeah, that actually looks pretty good. That looks so fun. I might check that Scorsese's producing it as well. So, and I know the movie that Guys has been waiting for months to to watch, Unforgettable, drops out this week. Oh yeah, I get to review that. I forgot. <laughs> Do you, I'm so excited! I'm so excited for how bad it's going to be, though. I, I haven't checked out anything on that, but you don't want to. I don't. It want looks terrible. It's just. No. Uh, watch that movie low key make a little bit of money. <laughs> like, See, that's, <laughs> that's going to be one of those movies. I think we talked about it like mo- like a few weeks back. That like unfair. It's, for, like, it's that like obsessed and like uh, no good deed. It's like those movies. <laughs> like the movies that cost like twenty million to make, but if it makes like thirty million in the first weekend, success. there you go, success. Much success. You know, uh, my thing with that movie too, it's like it's a prime example of like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Because poor Catherine Heigl. Oh my god, yeah, she was like the queen of like rom coms. <laughs> and then talking about Shonda Rhimes, and then your career is over. And then and then Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, she can, she can. She still has, she's, she's, still has like, she's on, she's on she, Netflix, so yeah. she's good. I mean, no, she's still killing it on 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 the Marvel shows. So you're gonna review yeah, I mean, that. I kind of, She's in that, but like, uh, I mean, she got pay bills too. Uh, so good luck reviewing that. I'm actually coming out with a review this week of something I'm looking forward to. Uh, part two of the Get Down came down last week, and I'm gonna start watching that and review it. Awesome! Yeah. I love part one. Excited to start part two. Yeah, I don't think there's any like features and stuff this week. I'm all tuckered out from the Fast and the Furious. So <laughs> yeah, that was a lot, man. That was Dude, it was a lot. <laughs> we, we expect like me and guys spoke about him doing a few features on Fast and Furious and I commend him it's such a great job he did on all these reviews because I did not expect him to do the entire franchise so much much props for you <laughs> to, to touch on everything in my brain it started out okay I'll just like do a throwback review of the first one and I was like well I mean I can do this <laughs> I guess and so I did and and then, and then I had to do like the top 10 and then the feature piece too 
which my friends gave me a lot of credit for because they were just like, you know what, like that franchise, it is what it is, but you spoke pretty well about it, so it made me kind of want to like either go back and watch some of them again or like you know at least you appreciate them for what they are. Absolutely. Some people, some people take the Fast and Furious franchise for granted, stating that now. It's, they do actually. Yeah. I mean, I it, like for a franchise that seemed like it was going to be like kind of dead after the third movie. Like there was no way they were going to make another one. Oh, that was in the yeah. It was like already six feet under. Yeah, and the fact that they were able to come back from that and you know they gross their their grosses are close to what like superhero movies make. Yep. Worldwide. Well, they are superhero movies. Let's keep it real. Oh, they are pretty bad. It's pretty <laughs> yes, much superhero now. <laughs> it's yeah. very much comic book. They're, they're the Avengers of the <laughs> underground race card. <laughs> It's like it makes it's not even about race cars anymore. It's the worst thing. Well, it makes me wonder if they were like, you know what? For like this last one, we should like take it back to its roots and have it just be about street racing. Could you accept that at this point? <laughs> like, no, I, can't. I, I would until somebody threatens Toretto. Like, do you know what this man is capable of? <laughs> I would like that the last one. That the last one goes back to its to its roots. The last one. I don't need any. Over the top explosions. I just want to, you know, go back to the heart of it for the last one. I would love if it was primarily set back in L.A. again. Like they they rebuild the house for the tenth for the tenth and final one in L.A. Parties and races. All right. Cool. And then the 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 movie ends at race wars. Yeah, take me back to like house parties and ra- like they're races. They're, sending, they're sending sandwiches out of the chop shop again. Yeah, man, like <laughs> you can drink anything, any beer that you want as long as it's a Corona. Like, like I, need, corona. I just want cars going underneath trucks, and like we can have Michelle Rodriguez just punch one guy. Yeah, <laughs> not like forty two. <laughs> not and, head and, scissors at three people. And like she knows martial arts all of a sudden. All of a sudden, like how do they know how to and fight? A, and a no, master no, marksman no. with like AK forty seven. It's crazy. She's like rolling, rolling and shooting with precise aim. I know. It's amazing. They don't have that kind of training. I don't even. Think about that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Tyree should have died forty-seven it times in franchise. Race cars in the first. Dude, I know we're about we're about to cut. It. We're about to end it for this week. But you just mentioned something about Tyrese. How the hell did he live? That's a good question. That dude, yo, that dude. One, <laughs> he should have had pneumonia. That's one. One, he came out of his car with just a door, a non-bulletproof door, <laughs> against an army of ski people. That's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> They're all superheroes now, man. <laughs> they all have with a car door. <laughs> if they have costumes in the next movie, I will, I'm not even going to call bullshit on that. Well, The Rock already has a costume, which is army pants and a, and a bulletproof vest. That's his costume. <laughs> you know what I thought about that movie, though? Even though she's very pretty, uh, the character, uh, was it Ramsey, the computer chick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she just seems kind of pointless when you have Ludacris's character, who also does that stuff. I like think, I, I feel like she's just kind of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna lose her pretty soon. I think they're gonna have a tension. They're gonna have a tension, and they need one more person in their family to kill. So I think she's next. She's definitely gonna get red shirted. She in the is. Next movie. Yeah, she's red shirted. She'll be like demoted to the minor <laughs> leagues. Like everything's gonna happen. She did have a great scene with Tyrese when they were talking about uh, the top ten most wanted. That was a great. Oh scene. yeah, oh, when he was number eleven. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, I just felt like she was just kind of there. But it actually does make sense. She does seem to have like the mark on her. Like if they need to get rid of anyone, yes, <laughs> kind of raise the stakes. They probably well, they, get they kind of did that in this movie. Who they, who they got rid of? She was kind of already like a uh, character. I didn't like her in six. Yeah, so yeah, I mean in seven. I mean so. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the timeline of her uh, her conception. What do you mean the, the infant? Oh, the baby. I was trying to find, figure out that timeline too. Yeah, because like. He said that she told him that the baby was spoilers, by the way. Yeah, she said the baby was born. Like she got pregnant, like right after 
she found out Letty was still alive. So in retrospect, right. that baby should be like two years yeah, old. Yeah, that was like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, how many years is it between? They never like, really specify, but it can't six, be seven and eight. <laughs> it, it can't be more. That baby looks like what, like a year old? It looked like six yeah. months, honestly. It was a year and a half. So yeah, like, if he holds his heads up, maybe he's like a year, year and a half. Cool. No, it's still continuity issues. He's already been through his first. He's gonna be the future of this franchise, man. He's been through his first gunfight already. I don't think. <laughs> I don't, if they continue after ten, and this kid is like a, a child marksman, I'm done, man. Brian Toretto. Give the Rock and Jason Statham their own like movies, like spin them off and let them do their own thing. Yeah, I didn't like that rookie character either. Like, they would try to force that comedy into that. Like, uh, people keep trying to make Scott Eastwood a thing, and I don't oh, know young, why I young, want him to be a thing. Young Eastwood. <laughs> Yeah, like they keep trying to make him a thing. They like they like, let's put him in Suicide Squad. Like he's gonna be a thing. Like everyone loves his dad. Like no, we don't love him though. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying real hard to like jam him down our throat. Maybe his first good movie would be when his dad makes him, puts him in a Maybe. movie. Could be. But um, Gran Torino two. Yeah, Gran Torino two. Stay <laughs> tuned for next week for the trailer. <laughs> so, for this week's edition of Real Chronicles, thank you guys for joining me today. I am David. This is Lewis. This is Gaius. Catch you next week. Enjoy your Easter, folks. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalking at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.